Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hi, listeners. Today we are interviewing, I am interviewing Luke Story, who is a former Hollywood celebrity stylist. He's spent the past 20 years developing and refining a really, really important way of life based on the principles of nature and spirituality, and at the same time embracing technology and modern convenience. Um, he's, he's kind of like uh, some other uh, interviewees that we've had on the show, like Dave Asprey, who we talk about on the show, but um, who use themselves as a human research lab. And it's kind of the coolest way to find out what works and what doesn't work, except you don't have to do it to yourself. You can just hear what, what his experience has been. And, and that's what Luke has done. Um, he's explored a broad and sometimes very extreme variety of measures to obtain optimal health, performance, and well-being. Um, He's been injected with a poisonous frog venom, which we we talk about that as well, to um, enduring weeks of neurofeedback meditation in an isolation chamber. He's scoured the earth for the most cutting edge as well as ancient technologies, and he's used them to transform his life and the lives of countless others. It's a really cool transition from being a stylist into creating a business for other stylists to coaching people how to live um, a a very high performance lifestyle. And a lot of our listeners, um, I know that that's important to you. You're running businesses, you've got families, you have a busy life, and you really want to make sure that you're doing the best that you can in, in all of those areas. And what better way than to have your mind be super sharp and to feel really good and healthy. And I don't think it's news to anyone who's listening that it all works together. And um, some of us are really gung-ho about taking the plunge and you know making changes in our life. And we keep evolving as we get more information. Um, and then there's some that are kind of like, uh, I kind of, I'm kind of comfortable right now. Um, maybe I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but I don't know if I'm uncomfortable enough to give up my, you know, McDonald's fries. So, and that could be the case. So it doesn't mean you have to like make, you know, this drastic change. There are smaller changes that you can make. And, um, Luke is, is really aware that that is how some people need to, you know, bring some good stuff into their life. It's, it's step by step. And, um, and then there's some people that are like, Hey Luke, I need you right now to come into my life and just revamp everything. And, um, he, he does that with his clients. So we talk about so many cool things. Any of you who are super into, you know, what kind of, um, what kind of morning routine do you have? How can I fit all this into my daily life or who are into, you know, the, um, what are things that can relieve stress? What are some supplements I can take? Um, should I be doing cryotherapy? Should I be meditating? What kind of, how can I get my body alkaline? I mean, there's so many different things that we, we touch on here and each one could probably have its own interview, but, um, I'll let you Google what you need to, but at least you're going to get the, the highlights of, of our conversation. Um, 
So it's a really awesome interview. I'm really excited for you guys to, to listen and learn some new things. Like, um, kind of like Luke, I, I'm always thinking, oh, I probably know everything because I'm always reading like what's, what's new in health, what's new in technology. And the thing is, is that there's always something new to learn, which is precisely why I have this podcast because everybody has their own genius. They just do. There's just something that I'm going to learn from them that I did not know before as much as I think I do, as much as I'm following all these different influencers and reading and listening to podcasts. There's always something new that I get from an interview and there's a lot of new that comes from this interview. So I really hope that you listen, enjoy it. There's um, notes and links and all that good stuff in our show notes and on the blog post and let's get rocking. Hello, Luke. What's up, Summer? How's it going today? You know, it's going great. I've had actually a very fantastic morning. I've accomplished very little on a material uh, level, but I've <laughs> I've done a lot of self-care today. So this would be my first official work of the day, but it's been really good. Oh, nice. Isn't it funny how when you get that stuff done first thing in the morning, like the rest of your day is so productive? Absolutely, yeah. I love that. So, um... I'm going to ask you that later. I want to know what this morning looked like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a, I actually, I have a lot of really kooky uh, but effective morning routines. So, yeah, I'm always happy to share that because it has a lot to do with success on the business level is, you know, creating the mindset and just the mood and getting in a flow state and all of that stuff. Absolutely. So before we get into all of that, I'd love if you could give our listeners kind of the the short version of, you know, Luke. 10 years ago and Luke today and how, how you got into what you're doing today. Sure. Absolutely. So I moved to Hollywood in 1989 and my uh, dream at that time was to become a rock star. And I proceeded to pursue that for the next, you know, 10 years, probably after that playing in bands and doing all of that kind of stuff and, uh, managed to pretty much wreck my life through living the Hollywood party animal lifestyle. Right, right. <laughs> And then in my mid-20s, kind of realized, like, okay, those dreams are all going, literally going up in flames. And so, uh, you know, kind of made a decision to turn my life around and pursue what one would call maybe a, a more reliable or real career, although I kept playing music on the side. Um, but, you know, got into spirituality and yoga and personal development and eating healthy and really managed to kind of do a 180 in terms of just my whole lifestyle. And um, during that time, I uh, got a job working for a stylist, a fashion stylist, meaning someone who dresses other people for a living. And, um, you know, she is just one of those fortuitous moments. It was an old friend of mine and she was from New York and was a really big stylist, worked at um, Rolling Stone and GQ and had all these fantastic jobs, moved out to LA, was going on tour with Tina Turner, uh, asked me to house sit for her and being a newly sober and broke musician at the time, I was actually homeless. So that was nice oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice to stay. And I took care of her dog. And what happened was while she was on tour, I started just kind of being her assistant, um, like personal assistant or assistant stylist. And that was maybe three months over a summer. And when she came back in town, she immediately booked Aerosmith as a client. And so here I was like this struggling musician. I'm 26 years old. And next thing you know, I'm like hanging out with Steven Tyler wow. and the band, you know, learning about fashion. And so uh, through that relationship and that experience, you know, obviously when you enter in as a newbie, at that level, there's a small margin for mistakes, you know, so I choked a few times, learned really fast, and then went on to 
work for probably about 15 other of you know Hollywood's top stylists until eventually I became my own stylist and stopped assisting them and went on to work with a number of celebrities, mostly in the music industry, like the Foo Fighters and No Doubt, Kanye West, Marilyn Manson, Ozzy Osbourne, tons of different people that some of that, you know, I had grown up listening to, like Aerosmith, for example. Uh, and then I did that for 17 years until I get, I always say I retired a year ago, but then time goes by. Maybe it was two years ago. I stopped doing that. But 10 years into my styling career, I um, started a business called School of Style, which has been going for, gosh, uh, we're in our ninth year now. And School of Style is a business that teaches other people how to become either a fashion stylist or a personal stylist. And then eventually that just started to sort of take over and become my main thing to the point where it wasn't, I just sort of lost my passion for dressing people after spending 17 years, you know, in and out of stores, driving around LA traffic. I was like, okay, I think I'm, <laughs> I've done yeah. what I set out to do here and I'm going to just usher in the next generation. So that's the fashion side of it. However, since 19, you know, 95 or so, 96, when I kind of turned my life around, I've really been diving deep into biohacking and personal development and health and wellness and all of this stuff and have just been absolutely obsessed with that. So um, about a year ago, I decided to start my own podcast called The Lifestylist and started working in terms of coaching people and becoming what I guess would be maybe, I don't know, it's weird, like, how do you call yourself, but an influencer or educator in the realm of health and spirituality and things like that. So that's kind of my second business, uh, which is just sort of in its infancy. And that's something that's based on my just deepest, most sincere passion and desire to help alleviate suffering uh, for people in the world through those different principles that you can apply to your life. So I kind of live with one foot in the fashion world still as an entrepreneur with my school and then um, one foot in my, you know, my, as I said, my true passion, which is the health and wellness piece. So that's kind of how I got here was from, you know, ruining my life and then deciding to build it back up over the course of the past 20 years. That's so great. And I, I love how it evolved. You know, you were you were a celebrity stylist and then you turned that into a business. And then from that you realized, okay, here's where my true passion lies and here's what I want to be doing. Were there, um, were there certain, uh, people, certain influencers that inspired you that, that you first started with or first, you know, hacking, doing your own biohacking with yourself that made you go, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Well, you know, I, I think I was just, when I first started out, I was so toxic, you know, that the first thing I sort of was intuitively guided toward was cleansing and detoxing and fasting and all of that. So the first like health guru that I really started following and learning from was a, a guy named Dr. Richard Schultz, who's still around. And um, he's the founder of a company called American Botanical Pharmacy, and they're based out in Marina del Rey. And it's weird because he, he he used to have a very large public persona and kind of he was, you know, one of the master American herbalists uh, of that time. He studied under a guy named Dr. Christopher that was, you know, probably the most famous American herbalist. Yeah. And um, Richard Schultz was out there a lot. And then, I, you know, I don't know, I don't see or hear from him a lot, but the company is still thriving. I think he just kind of lives his life and lets the company do its thing. But, um, that's when I first got into like colonics and juice fasting and doing a lot of, um, like gallbladder flushes and liver cleanses and things like that. And that was really the first step in my journey was getting out some of the pollutants that I had accumulated. And so he was the first guy that I really found. Uh, and then after that, I would say in terms of just health and 
biohacking and you know physical on the physical side of it because of course there's the mental and the and the spiritual part which is another uh, two other pillars sort of I guess you could say um, was David Wolf you know getting into organic foods and superfoods uh, David Wolf's been a guest on my podcast I mean he's a wealth of information and has been in the game for a long time and so he was a big influence on me uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola you know mm-hmm. on the medical side someone yep. really you know, adding a medical legitimacy to alternative medicine, functional medicine, natural healing, all of that kind of stuff. And then uh, in terms of the lifestyle, uh, I learned a lot from a guy who's become a friend by the name of Daniel Vitalis, who was sort of part of the David Wolf, you know, raw food movement. And then he sort of defected and got into this concept called rewilding, which is definitely not a vegan or vegetarian or raw food lifestyle. So I learned a lot from Daniel just about spring water and just, you know, getting in alignment with nature. And then I would say my my most recent guru as of about four or five years ago and someone that I've worked with um, on a personal level as a coach for health and business would be Dave Asprey from uh, I was Bulletproof. waiting for you to say it. I was already like writing yeah. it down. He's going to say <laughs> yeah, Dave because cool. I, yeah, I, I, we love Dave. Our, we have all of his supplements. Like, I mean, our our team, their, their families, the wives, like everybody just loves Dave. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. He's just, you know, he's just blown this thing up and he's, yeah. he's just someone that's very trustworthy in terms of, um, you know, when he vets a product or a practice or something, I mean, he really gets into the science and I love people like that because I don't, I'm more on the woo woo side than I am science side. I mean, I've done weird stuff like, you know, injected poisonous frog venom into my arm just because I heard it helps your immune system. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. I'll, I'll do like some really risky weird stuff without doing a lot of research. I don't recommend those things unless, you know, I've, I've really looked into it. But Dave's great because everything he does is based on science and anecdotal subjective experience, you know. So I've learned a lot from him. Uh, and, you know, really, frankly, just everything Dave's ever recommended to the public or on his podcast that I've tried works, starting with Bulletproof Coffee. And that was the, that Bulletproof, I was like a health nut. I thought I knew everything about health. And I think my first month on Bulletproof Coffee, I lost 10 pounds and just had unbounding energy. And, you know, that sort of led me into a ketogenic diet and all the things that I've done since then. But um, God, yeah, Dave is just such a wealth of information. And, you know, if if he tells you something, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to work. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so what were some of the changes once you started implementing, you know, these, these, um, I would say, or you would say probably high performance lifestyle changes. What were some of the things you were seeing that made you go, Oh, wow, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going down this path. Well, you know, it was, it was very gradual for me because, you know, this is going back into late nineties, early two thousands when I was starting to really get into all the health stuff. And then there wasn't the availability or the widespread knowledge of like farm to table restaurants and what I call being a conscious omnivore, mm-hmm. you know, like finding a way to integrate animal products into your life in a way that was healthy and sustainable um, to the planet and, um, you know, ethical an ethical treatment of the animals and all this kind of stuff. There wasn't a lot of awareness about that. You had like factory farms and McDonald's and Costco weird hormone filled meat or else you were a vegetarian. And so as I got into all the cleansing and stuff, my first venture in terms of diet was, you know, it seemed like the obvious thing was to become a vegetarian because I didn't even know you could get food from the farmer's market that wasn't 
toxic in terms of meat products and dairy and things like that. So this is kind of, you know, back in the day, it wasn't that widely known. No one knew about like Western price work and there was no paleo movement or any of that. Right. It was like either you were a vegetarian and you were into health food or you ate meat and you like ate the worst meat ever. Yes. So I was a vegetarian for 10 years and, um, you know, I, my, my health did improve a lot just because I started eating organic food and, you know, like I said, doing all that cleansing and juicing. So I would say mental clarity, mood stability, uh, loss of weight, uh, my skin cleared up, um, a, a, a reduction in inflammation in general, I would say, just because I wasn't having MSG and aspartame and pesticides and so many of the, you know, the toxins that are in our food. But unfortunately, at the time, I was unaware of the fact that so many of the vegetarian foods that I was eating at the time were, in fact, highly inflammatory um, foods like gluten, wheat, a lot of grains, a lot of soy. I, was, I wasn't I was a vegan, so I was eating still a lot of dairy, cheese, milk products, yogurt, ice cream, things like that. Yeah. And um, essentially, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but I was living um, powered by glucose, you know, so everything that I was eating were carbs primarily. I wasn't getting a lot of protein because I didn't eat meat. So I was still pretty inflamed and I still had, uh, for a number of years, fluctuations in energy and mood. So it's like I got healthier and I did notice a lot of benefits, but it took me a long time to kind of work out the kinks and find that there were some, you know, there were still some foxes in the hen house that it took me a long time to become aware of, which, you know, maybe we could go into next. But I think, the you know, the first benefits I had were just the obvious like detoxing and getting the poisons out of my body and, you know, and also just the benefit of uh, filtering my water at home. And I got on spring water and didn't drink anything with tap water, didn't use um, you know, toxic cleaning products in my home or toxic products on my body. So just kind of eliminating poison out of my life had an immediate effect, but it did take a while to kind of really fine tune the diet piece. Right. So I noticed, you know, with a lot of entrepreneurs that, that we, um, work with, they, a lot of them are into health. And then there are still some though, that they don't want to make the change because, it's kind of scary. It's, you're going to be taking something away from them. It's uncomfortable. Do you, do you ever work with people like that yet? They want to be high performers, you know, so they're thinking it's all about, you know, the exercises they do, um, in terms of their brain, you know, or becoming more efficient, um, not really realizing that the two go hand in hand in terms of your brain health and your physical health and how you actually become a better performer when those are all, you know, working at their, at their prime. What do you, how do you influence those type people to make that change when it's so uncomfortable for some? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to break inertia. You know, when someone's been doing something a certain way their whole life, even if it's not working for them, it's very difficult to pry things out of someone's hands. Yeah. You know, it's like, in, in my experience, work because I've also worked with a lot of recovering alcoholics and addicts having you know that in my history um so I'm actually pretty good at I would say persuasion in this way but a person has to really have the desire in the first place you know so if someone's having cognitive issues they're an entrepreneur and they are unable to focus and they have brain fog um or they're they're overweight or they have a lack of energy or their sleep sucks and it's affecting their bottom line at work or you know an entrepreneur that is um say has mood swings and is horrible at management because 
they are unable to control their limbic system and they're always in fight or flight and creating drama. You know, I mean, there's, you have to like, you have to get someone to sort of see what the problem is before they're willing to accept the solution. Yeah, that's um, very true. That said, having coached a lot of people and still continuing to do so, um, and even, you know, to a degree, people with business and my, my business school of style, I mean, all we do is teach people how to have a career. It's really a business school more than it is kind of an art school. So I have a lot of experience with this. And, and I think it, for me, it boils down to a person's personality type. You know, the first ingredient of course, is what I said that they have to really have a strong desire to make a change. And that, that desire is usually brought about by identifying that there's a problem there that they can't overcome unless something changes. But then you run up against the two personality types. There's the gung-ho person, and this is like my podcast listeners are all like this too, based on the feedback I get in emails and stuff. They're like, I'm all in. Yeah. So this is someone that's like, all right, dude, you know what? I want, I want a more productivity. I want to gain muscle. I want to lose weight. I want to focus. Tell me all the smart drugs. Give me all the supplements. Tell me how to do an ice bath. You know, right. I want the infrared sauna. I'm going to do it all starting tomorrow. And they actually do. And you can give them a plan and they're just like, they're sick of the shit. They're ready to make a change and they just do everything all at once. And then you have and that's kind of more my style personally. Uh, and then you have someone who really needs to be sort of led into the party gently, you know, and, and implementing one little change at a time. And for the person who is resistant or just is very habituated and has a difficult time making that change, uh, for me, the best way to work with someone like that, or if someone's listening and they're like, oh man, that's how I am. I don't want to give up my junk food or my aspartame gum or the non-organic coffee that I drink from 7-Eleven, <laughs> you know, yeah, the, tap, yeah. the tap water that I'm still drinking at home. And if you're drinking tap water, you should stop. I don't care what the city water report is. It sucks. Um, if it's that type of person, then really what works best, I think, is using the law of displacement, meaning rather than saying, okay, you have to quit eating at McDonald's, how about you just add one like low sugar, cold press green juice into your diet per day? So you keep eating your McDonald's, but you add that green juice. What's eventually going to happen is your body is going to be so uh, lit up by the nutrition in that. And when I say green juice, it could be any, you know, like a smoothie or, you know, whatever kind of healthy food, you know, you choose, maybe taking a handful of vitamins, whatever it is, your body starts to respond to that on a cellular level. And then it sort of sends a message to your taste buds, to your mind that, wow, you know what, maybe I really don't want that McDonald's cheeseburger today or that Diet Coke or whatever toxic thing that person is eating. And so when I say the law of displacement, it's like rather than trying to quit things, how about we just incrementally add lifestyle practices or supplementation, uh, whatever it is, um, alternative healing devices, going to the chiropractor, going to acupuncture, any sort of self-care, physical improvement on a natural level, start adding some of those things in. And what happens is you just start to notice that you're feeling good. And then there's this kind of tipping point where all of a sudden, like you've been drinking that Diet Coke every day at the office, you have two or three of them a day, you don't, you know, you can't even function without those, but then you've been doing saunas and green juice and getting body work and, um, you know, maybe you add a bulletproof coffee in the morning instead of that regular black coffee with sugar and fake sweetener or, you know, whatever in it. What happens is you start to really get hit hard when you deviate 
Yeah. And so you start noticing like, wow, man, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Then I drink a Diet Coke and I'm destroyed for the day and my focus goes out the window. So I think for that type of person, just adding things in gradually and and subtly without imposing too many strict rules on oneself probably has a much greater a chance of success because it's like that inner rebel isn't like, oh man, I have to like quit all this bad stuff. I can't have food that tastes good anymore. You just stop wanting that stuff. It's like you couldn't pay me to eat a pack of Doritos. And there was a time in my life where just like, I could eat that an was entire, a <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could eat an entire, I'm not talking the little sample pack. I mean like an entire big bag of Doritos and what's in Doritos is, you know, MSG, MSG all kinds, yeah, yeah, all kinds of chemicals. It's GMO corn. I mean, it's just the most toxic thing. So I might like enjoy the taste of that now, but my body would immediately reject that on such a deep level that I really wouldn't be willing to pay the price. And so it's like, my body's own uh, innate wisdom tells me what to do and what not to do. So it's not like I feel like I'm being restricted as if, oh, I can't eat a whole bag of Doritos. It's like I really don't want to because it feels so bad. Yeah. And you really have to be in tune with your body, which for me has been – it's it's it wasn't a very – I mean – I guess it's a, a quick process just in that if you start to pay attention, you'll start to see it. But then it's just, it just becomes like where you kind of just instinctually know what's going to happen if you do, you know, if you eat gluten, if you have um, too much sugar, if you have, you know, that extra glass of wine, whatever it is, you just start to know these things about you. But it's definitely something like you said earlier, you kind of have to be in that you really want to learn and want to be connected and and know what's going on in your body because it's not that hard. You just have to have that desire. Yeah. I, I think another great recommendation too for people, and this is whether someone's the all-in type that's like, all right, I've heard about this biohacking thing or this health thing. I'm going to do every single thing starting today. Whether you're that type of person or you're like, nah, I don't know. You know, I don't really want to let go of my pizza or, yeah. you know, cigarettes or whatever it is. Um, I really strongly recommend uh, Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet. And it would start with the book, which is a really easy read. It's it's based on science, but it's not presented scientifically. It's presented in very common it's really parlance. Easy. And we we had um we've had Dave on the podcast too when we um I maybe it was about a year ago. Um yeah, and I agree with you. It's a very easy read. The cool thing is that he like you said, he does all of the science, he does all of the research obviously, so that you don't have to. So if you're kind of asking, how is it possible that I can drink butter coffee with MCT oil that is loaded with fat and that be good for me? I remember I had lunch with Dave once and he literally, he sat there, we were at a, um, one of our uh, mastermind groups and he had this big, huge bowl of guacamole. It was just avocado with MCT oil on it and some pink Himalaya salt on all over it. And I'm just sitting there going like, wow, you re like, you know, <laughs> he's like, I just have to make sure that I'm getting enough fat. You know, most people will just be like, what? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, those, I mean, those are the type of myths that are being dispelled now. And, that, and you know, that's, what's great about pot. I mean, I learned so much from podcasts oh, and yeah. just the free information on the internet and through social media. I mean, we can really become our own doctors and become self-educated and dispel the myth that like fat makes you fat. It's ridiculous. But going back to the Bulletproof Diet, um, so there's the book, 
But what I found to be really helpful when I work with people is the Bulletproof Diet Roadmap, which is a, an infographic. You print it up. It's like, I don't know the measurements, 11 by 17, like quite a, you know, one of the, like a big piece of paper, about twice the size of copy paper. And what I did is I, I printed up a bunch of those and then I just, I, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm really weird. I'm, I love laminating things. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. I have like this really high end laminator. When we used to have an office together with my school, everyone's always making fun of me because I'm like, let me laminate that, you know? But what I did is I just laminated a bunch of those and you could also do that as a, at a, you know, take it to a printing place yourself. And I just give it to people and I make them put it on the refrigerator and it's really great because when you're about to eat something or you're getting your grocery list together, you can look at the Bulletproof Diet Roadmap, this infographic, and you can see where on the spectrum of health each item from each category is. What's great about that approach is it's not like it shouldn't even be called a diet because to me a diet means either I'm on the diet or I've fallen off the diet, which is not good psychologically just for the failure self-loathing, shameful trigger. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm in or out. It creates this duality. And what Dave did that was great is he created a, you know, an eating program, I guess you could call it, that's on a spectrum. So it's like down at the lowest end of the spectrum would be KFC fried chicken with like MSG sauce on it. <laughs> and on the highest end of the spectrum would be maybe some really clean wild salmon that was just caught off the boat today and you lightly cook it with a little bit of grass-fed ghee or whatever, you know, right? Um, or some, you know, really good organic vegetables. And so it's like, if I have the fried chicken day, it's not like, oh, I'm off the diet. I'm an evil person. I should kill myself. And, um, you know, that I've failed. It's just like, oh, let me get a little bit up that scale. And so it's sort of color coded from green being, you know, the hierarchy of the best foods in each category, whether it be sugars or fats or proteins, starches, whatever, down to the lowest end of the spectrum, which kind of fades into yellow and then red on the bottom and red are just foods that are toxic and should just be totally off limits. So sometimes I might eat something that's like a little bit in the middle range there and it's not ideal, but it's not the worst ever. And I find just having that thing on your refrigerator is, I, I have it memorized at this point. So I just know every food from freaking kiwis to cashews, like, you know, where yeah. it kind of falls in the spectrum and, and what my body resonates to. But having that approach, I think is very healthy because it also gets away from the self-judgment and um, living in too much of a closed-minded, rigid way, which I've suffered from a lot, or just being too obsessed about, you know, avoiding toxins and eating healthy all the time. It's, it's actually a pretty moderate approach to eating. So that would be my recommendation. You know, it also keeps it top of mind and keeps it important because it becomes a, you know, a daily practice. Kind of like, you know, I'm sure you know of the five-minute journal. It's like something that you're doing every single day so that you have those, you know, moments of gratitude. It's not just something that you looked at once and put away. You know what I mean? So to, exactly. to have that where you see it every day, you're going to think, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to check that out and make sure I'm keeping myself, you know, on the healthy track. So um, speak. OK, so you're coaching, um, you know, your your clients and I would imagine, because this, this is a question really for me, <laughs> there's so many things that I believe in that I love to do for my health. And that includes, you know, the, um, the saunas, the infrared saunas that includes, um, there's cryotherapy, there's meditation, there's, um, a gratitude journal. There's so many like different 
things that are available to us and, and things that we can do on a daily basis to really, you know, keep us at that high performance level. The question then becomes, how do I fit these things in? Because if you're, ta- if you're doing the infrared sauna and you say you don't own one, so you're going to, you know, a, um, a place that has, you know, different sauna booths and, but, but it takes you 30 minutes to get there, or you you don't have a cryotherapy. Um, I don't, I don't know what they call them. Um, I forget what they call them, but the, you know, chamber, chamber, chamber. chamber thank yeah. you. You don't have one in your house, so you've got to go. And there's, you know, not a ton of places, especially depending on where you live that actually have those. Um, and of course, yes, there's ice baths, but then there's like collecting all of that ice. There's so many, you know, different things that we can do. And we'll hear of some of these, you know, amazing high performers and influencers that are doing these practices on a daily basis. My question to you is, do you get that question from, you know, your clients? How, how am I going to fit all of this in? How do I do this? You know, that that's, it's funny when you say it like that, because you just named everything I do pretty much on a daily basis. And I'm going, actually, how do I, how do I fit that in? I mean, it's not like I don't work hard, but I'm fortunate enough to own my own business. And, you know, then I have my, my podcast and the coaching stuff that I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to start writing a book and all kinds of stuff like that. But honestly, I, I probably could get more work done. I just tend to emphasize the self-care part of my life. And I, I think I'm pretty balanced, but I probably lean more on the side of like screwing around, you know, than I do. I could probably be making a lot more money and be more successful, but I don't know. It's just my priorities are just feeling good and being happy. Um, but I do get that question a lot. People are like, okay, that's easy for you because like you own your own business and you can make your own hours. And it's not to say that I don't work hard, but Really what it is is just is building these things in incrementally, as I said before, little by little until they just sort of become part of your practice. And you'll be amazed as you start to add something in, like say, you know, just uh, doing meditation. Okay, say 20 minutes a day, twice a day. I do something called Vedic meditation, which is similar to TM or transcendental meditation, similar practice. Which is what I minutes, do, yeah. Cool, yeah, 20 minutes twice a day. And it's just, it's revolutionized my life. I've, I've been meditating for 20 years, but this particular method about five years. So when I first started doing it, I'm like, 20 minutes a day, twice a day? Are you kidding me? Like, who has 40 minutes just to burn? Well, guess what? If I'm really honest with myself, I can sit down on Twitter and start looking at politics and sit there for an hour and not even pull my head up. Like I don't even realize I've gone into a vortex or I can sit there and, you know, tweak out on ancient emails that really don't even need to be addressed anymore or Facebook or any, you know, God, I don't even watch TV really, but I don't actually have cable or anything. I watch Netflix sometimes on my computer. But if I think if people are really honest with themselves, you might find that a lot of time is spent each day doing something unproductive and unfulfilling and just doing things that sort of distract you from your problems Yeah, and are really just escape mechanisms that could be used for something that actually alleviates stress on a, on a deep level, such as meditation. So what I tell people is like, do you find it to be a pain in the ass or like a time suck to brush your teeth and take a shower every day? It's like, well, no. Well, how did you build that habit? It's just, you're a kid, your parents give you a bath, they brush your teeth, then eventually you learn how to do it yourself and it's just what you do every day. 
So when I wake up in the morning, I, I have an unfair advantage from Bulletproof on my nightstand. I pop that in my mouth. I have a water that I prepared the night before, which is spring water. I've collected myself in the mountains. There's some sea salt in there, some iodine, some um, some minerals. I pound that down. Then I bounce up and down because I have a hiatal hernia. My stomach gets kind of jarred up under my ribs. So I kind of bounce with a full stomach. I knock that in there. And then, you know, I, I won't go through the whole thing because we'd be here until, you know, next week. But Oh, There's but just... I want to know. Give us a few more. Okay, so um, then I'll hang from my, you know, pull-up bar. I'll stretch a little bit. Uh, then I'll I'll prepare my bulletproof coffee, but I with herbs from um and medicinal mushrooms from Four Sigmatic. Um, I'll have a little Organifi uh, green juice powder, um, but I won't drink my coffee until after I meditate. Then I take an absolutely 100% cold shower. I never turn the hot water on. I'll stay in there for as long as I have time to take a shower. I've kind of built up to where a cold, I don't even, like I really don't even want to feel warm water. Um, I hold my breath. I do um, some breath of fire in there. I kind of do some yogic breathing in the cold. Then immediately I'll go out onto my little balcony naked and get sun. I live in LA, so there's, you know, sun basically every day of the year. Mm -hmm. I'll get about 10 minutes of sun. I'll read some spiritual literature, uh, kind of get my mind right, get my mindset right, not think about my problems. Absolutely don't open social media or my emails or anything like that. Then I'll sit on my bio mat, which is um, kind of an infrared crystalline healing mat. Very cool piece of technology I've been using for many years. And I'll meditate for 20, uh, 20 minutes uh, with my human charger, a light device in my ears, which sort of sends daylight onto your brain and signals to your brain that it's time to wake up and get productive, which is sort of weird to do when you're meditating, but it doesn't seem to interfere. Um, and then after that, I'll drink my bulletproof coffee. And so this whole process, you know, probably takes me an hour and 15 minutes. And that sounds like a lot of stuff to do before you even start your day. But not when it's just what you do every day, because I bet people listening wake up, they crack open the paper, they go on Google, they have some other thing that has become a habit in their life that takes the same amount of time as everything I just described. Right. See what I mean? It's like we all have enough free time to take care of ourselves. It's just we're doing something else typically with that time. And I know that because of myself, like I said, just if I was, if I set an alarm when I opened Twitter, I did it yesterday. I like, I came home and I was like, oh, it was maybe seven o'clock and I was, okay, I'm going to meditate right now. And I thought, well, let me just check my Twitter feed. And literally an hour went by where I got absolutely nothing done. I just zoned out on Twitter and not that there's anything wrong with just mind numbing escape. That's its own form of meditation. I didn't beat myself up, but it just showed me like, wow, there's any number of productive or relaxing or self-care things I could have packed into that hour. But for whatever reason, I elected to just numb out on Twitter. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people that I work with are surprised to find, again, as you add things in incrementally, they just sort of displace things that are either unhealthy or just a waste of your time. And then it just becomes automatic. And then today I went to yoga for 90 minutes. I did Kundalini yoga. Then I, someone walked away with my keys uh, during class. So when I went to leave, uh, I was like scared. I wasn't going to make this appointment actually, but I went to leave and I was like, I know I had my keys. I'm very conscious of things like that. Someone literally had put them in their bag and left. And so I got a ride home to get my keys, found the person, got them. And then I went across the street and did uh, cryotherapy and then came to this 
um, to this interview with you. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's one o'clock in California right now. I haven't really gotten any official work done. Not everyone has that luxury, but I still could have, you know, if I had a nine to five job, I still could have packed in a few of those practices before or after work. It's just a matter of like prioritizing what's important to me. Right. And for me, what's important is just feeling really good. And now I guarantee when I get off this call summer, I am going to crush it for like the next five hours straight. I'm right. going to do some racetam or maybe take a modafinil. I'm going to sit at my desk and just destroy like three days worth of work in a four what or five hour What is modafinil? I haven't heard that. Oh, something I've heard oh, modafinil is a pharmaceutical um, neuroenhancement drug. It was invented for narcolepsy, but it, it makes you very alert and very focused. So if you're doing something that's very detail-oriented, such as like organizing 10 years worth of iPhoto photos or just, yeah. like, you just need to like tweak out on uh, modafinil is very useful for that, but it is a pharmaceutical drug. I take a very, very low dose of it occasionally. Um, it comes in a 200 milligram, um, uh, tablet and I take a quarter of that typically is like enough of a dose for me to be productive for hours and hours on end. Um, some people it doesn't do anything for. They don't even notice it. Some people it's too stimulating and it, they feel like they're on Adderall or something. For me, maybe a couple times a month if I really want to be productive, I'll do it. Or if I'm doing public speaking or teaching and really need to be, you know, have my cognition on point and have memory recall and, you know, have my linguistic system like fired, uh, it's good for that. So, you know, maybe the first half of my day I didn't get shit done, but the second half I'm going to crush it because I'm in such a flow state from all the stuff I did in the beginning. Right. So that flow state is is super important. What's it like for people to work with you? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have a very informal, it's just kind of the way I do things. I just, I'm a very spontaneous, um, adaptable, wing it kind of person. So it's funny because some people email me through my website and be like, okay, I need an, you know, a whole protocol and layout of everything we're going to do if I work with you. I'm like, mm, we need to do a Skype call and talk for 15, 20 minutes, and then I'll tell you what we're going to do because it, it just depends. And so the way that I work with people is very spontaneous, and it always depends on where they are in the journey. So if somebody's still on a GMO aspartame, you know, like yeah. get any sunlight, takes pharmaceutical drugs and sleeping pills and, you know, is just a disaster and doesn't exercise, well, we're going to start on colonics, detoxing there. If someone's already relatively healthy and they're just like, yo, I want to learn about mindfulness, meditation, spirituality, ice baths, you know, whatever kind of lifestyle practices or how you get spring water or, you know, how you change the lighting in your home to avoid blue light at night. It sort of depends on someone's level of sophistication. But uh, if someone's in LA, I'll sit down with them in person. You know, I usually book sessions for an hour and then they end up being two hours. You know how that is. And then, uh, and then I'll just kind of recommend a lot of links for people. And I have a pretty good method of determining what the starting point is and like dialing people into products and services and other professionals kind of um, upstream from me, as it were, that can really dial them in on specific issues. So obviously, I'm not a medical doctor, but if somebody has an acute issue, chances are I know the person that can fix them. And so I'm a really good connector and resource for people that, you know, need serious, you know, medical help or they want to learn meditation. 
I'm not a meditation teacher, but I sure know the best guy around that can teach you. So I sort of work with people up until a point until they need to be handed off to someone who's a specialist. But um, I'm sort of the first line of defense and just dialing in the lifestyle practices for them. And then, pe- and, and people that aren't in LA, I work with them via Skype and and email and send you know links to things that they can do in their area. And I'm also very resourceful. If someone's in Philadelphia and they're like, oh, I don't think they have that thing you're talking about here. I'm like, they do. You just don't know how to find it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll find like, you know the best restaurants and the best chiropractor, acupuncture, infrared sauna, cryotherapy, whatever it is in in someone's area, and get them dialed in. Functional medicine doctors. I'm really good at vetting them and all that kind of stuff. I think it's so great that you that you are this connector and that you really collaborate with, you know, all of the things that you have done yourself and know that work. So that's just that's so awesome. Um I what kind of results do are you seeing with your clients? Well, you know, I think the first result is just I mean, people always want the superficial stuff like, oh, I want to lose weight or, um, you know, whatever. They have like a specific health issue like, oh, I'm constipated or I have acne or a woman will have really bad cramps or whatever. And I have a good idea of where to go with that. So, you know, the immediate result is that people are looking for is like, I want to alleviate this one thing. But since since my approach is holistic in terms of one's own mentality and really being mindful of your thoughts and using different techniques to really discourage any form of negativity emotionally and mentally, the spiritual piece, finding some sort of teaching or path that works for you, and the physical piece, the mind-body-spirit sort of um, trifecta there, I think people come in looking to fix one problem and they don't realize that what they have is, is a systemic problem. And so the results tend to be just a greater sense of well-being and then a couple months in it's like oh that's weird i noticed that i'm like i'm not constipated anymore or you know my cramps got better and like that's not even what we were working on yeah (laughs) but like most of the things that i think people are experiencing i mean of course diet is a huge factor but man really a lot of it's mental and emotional so I mean, I just discovered something called havening, for example. Um, I interviewed uh, this woman, Michelle Paradise, yesterday here in my house. And uh, I've, I got one session with her and I worked through some childhood uh, abuse trauma that I've been carrying around my whole life and thought I've, I've had enough therapy for this shit. It's got to be gone by now. Um, and I went and did that session with her. So it's like, and then all of a sudden my neck hurts less. Wow. It's like well, how is, I didn't, I know I didn't get a massage. Why is my neck better? I don't know. I can't prove that it's because I worked through this trauma, but I tell you what, the more that I work on, you know, the mental, emotional, and spiritual side, the the less problems I have physically. Well, because that's, and, and, you know, I think there is, well, I think there is, um, you know, scientific proof of the stress that you hold turns into pain and disease. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think in terms of in terms of results, it's just like general well-being and then little issues just kind of fall off. Right. Unless a weird thing like eczema or, you know, something that's like a chronic issue for someone, then we take it as far as we can with the rest of that. And then at some point it's like, all right, cool. We need to like do something drastic and get you ozone injections or um, hyperbaric oxygen treatment or, you know, like really hit it with the big gun stem cell therapy, um, neurofeedback for PTSD. Like there's definitely things up line that one can do if they can afford it that yeah. 
address those very specific symptoms, but I think just implementing a lot of lifestyle changes can really make a huge difference for most people relatively quickly. Definitely. And a lot of these things, like you said, just adding them in and then some things that you're eliminating, I've found, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, is that so many of the things that we feel are ailments or problems day to day are usually a result of inflammation. And there's something going on in the body that's not happy. And so obviously it creates that inflammation, which then creates the pain and whatever the problem is. Um, and just like some of the, I mean, like you said at the beginning of your journey, and you've, you've definitely evolved into understanding how you could become healthier, but you felt better when you just eliminated, you know, a lot of the things that were making you toxic and just started doing some organic foods. And even though you said, you know, you were glucose driven, it was still, there was so much of a change that you made. I, you know, I would think, oh, well, you were starting to feel better because there was reduced inflammation, I'm sure, because you didn't have, you know, the same amount of toxins or whatever it was that was going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before, you don't have to be perfect. It's not like you have to change everything all at once. You start to make incremental changes, be gentle with yourself. And next thing you know, it's like, yeah, wow. You go, oh, I'm sleeping better. I didn't do anything to improve my sleep. All I did was, you know, eliminate maybe the top five worst offenders, you know, which is, it's pretty easy to identify those. Like I could even just drop them really quick if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would know, be great. I, I would say that the number one, the first thing I start with people on is getting them to drink real water, which to me is spring water, whether you get like Mountain Valley water delivered in five gallon glass jugs. Um, you, you know, if you're so situated that you can go collect your own spring water, it sounds extreme, but it's actually really fun and cool. Uh, I work with a company called fountain of true spring water in California. They deliver totally natural, unadulterated, untouched spring water from, uh, Oregon to your house and glass jars. It's amazing. Whatever you got to do to get on real water and get off plastic bottled water and any form of tap water, even filtration. I'm, I'm very suspect of cause it's still tap water. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have an episode of my podcast. It's called uh, what's in our water. I think it was in the early days, uh, sometime last year. And it, the stuff that's in tap water that filtration doesn't take out will it, it's just insane pharmaceuticals and toilet paper residue it's just disgusting is spring so, water more alkaline it typically is yeah but the, you know that's the whole thing with that's another thing too is with ph people are really obsessed with alkaline water and not eating acidic foods what regulates your body's um ph is breath so if you want to be alkaline learn the wim hof method and you will be <laughs> as alkaline as a human oh, being oh i've done that me and my my yeah me and my business partner did that we did the 10 week awesome <laughs> yeah awesome. yeah we love wim hof yeah. <laughs> yeah people don't realize that you know um carbon dioxide is acidic and getting that out of your lungs and out of your blood is how you become alkaline. And then you take in oxygen, of course. So, you know, I, I don't really adhere to the whole alkaline water thing. To me, it just makes common sense that you want your digestive system actually to be a bit acidic. Right. If you're eating a balanced diet and you're doing a lot of breath work, you're going to have a great pH. Um, but to answer your question, most spring water is in the seven or eight range on the pH scale, which is good. But anyway, so, so clean up your water, then filtering the water in your home, even if it's just a shower filter or getting a whole system, if you actually are in a house, 
gets all of the fluoride and chloramine and chlorine and all that crap out of your water, even for bathing, cooking, washing your clothes. Our water is extremely toxic and you're made of mostly water. So the water you put on your body and in your body next would be eliminating um, all toxic uh, toothpaste, shampoo, lotions, deodorant, all that stuff has got to go. Um, avoiding food additives, especially aspartame, which is just horrible. I've mentioned a couple of times, MSG, finding out all of the other, um, other names for MSG because it's hidden in a lot of foods under other names. There's been a lot of crazy lobbying going on and, you know, the FDA has allowed people to call MSG stuff like yeast extract and all sorts of sneaky stuff going on. But that stuff is just so neurologically damaging. And so, uh, and the next one would be cleaning products in your home, getting rid of all toxic cleaning products. You don't need to be breathing that stuff, filtering the air in your house, getting organic bedding, getting it as natural of a bed as you can find, um, optimizing sleep by keeping your room cold, keeping the room extremely dark. Um, so water, just keeping your living environment clean and free of toxins and, you know, some of those main offenders in your diet. Another one people don't realize a lot that's really harmful is um, using cheap cookware. So Teflon is one of the most toxic things that people have in their diet typically from nonstick pads. So I always recommend getting like, um, you know, iron skillets or cooking with glass as much as possible or even there's there's natural clay cookware out now that's really good. But if you're just like, if you go to, you know, like a Target and buy some pots and pans and you're boiling water and cooking food in those, what's happening is you're poisoning yourself with really bad heavy metals. Um, nickel, cadmium, lead, all kinds of nasty stuff are in these metals. Even if it says stainless steel, most of those metals are amalgams used with really cheap metal that leach into your water and food when you cook and bioaccumulate in your body. So on the physical health level, those, those are like a pretty good things to start with right there. And you'll actually notice some immediate changes just from, from those, those things getting taken care of. Well, that's awesome. I love that. And I think, um, kind of back to what you said, starting out small, because, you know, it can sound like, oh my gosh, am I really going to do all of that? And the way, um, I find helpful, especially when it comes to, you know, switching out foods and, and products that you use. It's just like, you know, you run out of your toothpaste the next time you buy it, buy, you know, the non-toxic toothpaste, you run out of soap next time, buy this instead of, you know, feeling like you're having to do it all at once. You can, some people are like that. They're just like, get rid of it all. Let's do it now. But, um, you know, just like you said, it's just those small, small changes that kind of just keep building because you realize this, the little bit of a difference that it makes. And then you just keep growing upon that. Totally. Yeah. And again, it just depends on your personality type. I work with clients sometimes and locally in LA and they'll go to their house and they're like, I'm sick of this. I want to change. And I'll go and I we usually start in their kitchen. You know, sometimes we, you know, we do the bedroom and get their sleep optimized and all that, but usually it's the kitchen. Like I had a client last year and I went into his house in Malibu and he's like, dude, just do what you need to do. And he sat there and watched me and I just destroyed every cabinet in his kitchen. <laughs> just, it was just, he had the most disgusting, toxic, like condiments and just old herbs and like liquid smoke and just, you know, just bad hot sauce and all this stuff. And I literally walked out of there with one of those giant plastic target bins, but it, I wish I had it on tape. It was, um, he's like a celebrity. I don't, I don't know if he'd want to be named, but, uh, 
you know, he was he was like begging me to not throw away his hot sauce with MSG and corn syrup and just GMO, just nastiness. And I could see how addicted he was. But he, he what happened with him is because I threw I literally took everything with me in my car. And um, and then he was forced to go out and buy new stuff. And so I said, dude, just go to Erwan, which is like, you know, our really fancy health food store here in L.A. And I said, go to Erwan and pretty much anything you buy in there to replace the crap that you had is going to be OK. Yeah. I couldn't say that for Whole Foods because Whole Foods, I call it canola foods. Like there's <laughs> there's a lot of very suspect stuff sold in Whole Foods. I mean, it's better than Ralph's or Costco or whatever, you know, largely. But there's still a lot of stuff that passes off as healthy in there that's really bad. But I said, just go replace all the stuff now. And that was like an all in one fell swoop. But as you said, for some people, it might just be like, hey, I ran out of my fluoride filled toxic crest. Next time, go get some like nature's way fluoride free toothpaste and then just buy that from now on you don't have to like you don't have to go crazy and do everything at once if you're not a fanatical type person so find your own pace and just do it a little at a time or just hire someone like me to just nuke your entire house and you just start from scratch for some people that's easier i love it Luke, this has been this has been awesome. I I love talking about biohacking and just how you you know the journey of of getting to that point, and especially um, especially how it impacts your your performance. Which you know our listeners, entrepreneurs, like that's really critical and and important when you're running a business and and doing you know something that's really meaningful to you. You want to be doing your best, and um, obviously we, it all works together. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. We all want to serve our community. We all want to share our talents and our gifts with the world. But I'm just going to tell you, man, like any entrepreneur or someone who wants to crush it in business and make money and be a CEO or do whatever you want to do, it's like you, you can't imagine what's possible if you feel good and your mitochondria are firing and you're creating enough energy, enough ATP to like really bring it. It's just amazing, you know, what's possible when your biological, bioelectrical system is on fire when it's up and running. Like a lot of people get sidetracked, like thinking that they can fix themselves from the outside in, fix the inside and watch what happens and watch what manifests on the material plane and, and financially too. I mean, it's, it really, really has a huge impact. No, it really does. And I mean, there's that, you know, a lot of people refer to that movie Limitless and really, I mean, that's what you're doing is getting yourself into that point where you are on fire. And it's just like, wow, you're, everything is just like your synapses. Everything's just connecting like so brilliantly that you can, you're just on it. People can ask you stuff. You remember it's, it's great. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Luke. And I want to tell our listeners, they can find you at lukestory.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Spelled with an E-Y-S-T-R-E-Y, lukestory.com. Awesome. And we, we have so many great tips here that we will be sure to include in the blog as well as, you know, um, some, there were, there's quite a bit, I I've just been taking notes as I'm listening to you. There's, there's <laughs> okay. a bunch of stuff here that, you know, <laughs> if you're interested in, you know, cryotherapy or your, you know, your mat, the, uh, what was it? The mat you were talking about, the biomat, uh, the, the infrared biomat. Bio I know about yeah. the saunas. I have not heard about the mat, so I'm going to be Googling yeah. that myself. But, um, it's, this has been this has been incredible. So many great takeaways. We'll make sure to have your link and, and all that you awesome. talked about in our show notes and on the blog. And um, thank you so much, Luke. 
Thank you. And I'd also like Summer to just let people know, of course, like my website has all my videos and, and all my podcast episodes and stuff. But if somebody is like intrigued by some of the things that I talked about on my show, The Lifestylist Podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes and everywhere else, I really go deep into this stuff. So if I if I overwhelmed anyone that's like, what the hell is this guy talking about with the tap water? I guarantee you I have an episode. I have one on infrared saunas, like every ice baths, like cryo, everything we've talked about. I have an entire hour to two hour episode just on that one thing. So if somebody wants to kind of go deeper on a particular subject like smart drugs, nootropics, some of the things we touched on in a kind of a quick overview way, um, that's a great place to dive deep into each subject with me is on the podcast. Oh, so awesome. Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you, Summer. Great talking to you today. You too. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. 